morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Well, I highly encourage you, at some point in your life, to carve out a little time to do an in-depth study on the resurrection of Jesus. Now, you knew I was going to say that, right? It's the Easter season, and um, it is certainly the the very heart, the very center of, of the whole of Christianity and Catholicism, everything we know, everything we believe, everything we're about as Christians, it, it, the resurrection of Jesus is you know, the very, very, very center of it all. Um, St. Paul has that famous line, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, like everything's, we're the craziest of all people. Um, and uh, if you have a chance to study uh, an in-depth study on the resurrection of Jesus. And um, at first, there may, there may be a little something that is unsettling, and that is the messiness of all the information. You know, we have some things in the letters of St. Paul, which are probably the earliest written things we have, First Corinthians. We've got uh, what St. Luke preserves for us in Acts of the Apostles, which is some of the preaching of the apostles and the aftermath there. And then we've got the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, if you take a, a good look at all of those sources, which is all the details that we have, the resurrection of Jesus, you start to notice that it's kind of messy. Um, I don't think we should say that the different sources contradict one another. They don't but they're just really, really different. Even sometimes within one source, like um, Luke Acts, that you, know, it's, you just get the impression that what we have there, what was written down, the preserved memory of what had happened, it was not cleaned up. It's like, here it is. It is just, it's kind of like all over the place and it's kind of messy and, and, uh, and uh, anyways, so you come across that, at first you may find like, oh, whoa, what are we looking at here? But then you realize that um, this messiness is one of the proofs, the authenticity of the record. You know, if you had a big event and a detective was to go there and interview all kinds of people who were there, we know that the different eyewitness accounts from different people it's, it tends to be kind of all over the place, right? So the, the fact that the, the authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, they did not make an effort to polish it up, clean it up, edit it so that everything kind of like fit like super nicely together, but rather it's like, here it is. You know, there was an effort to be faithful and true to the I. It bears the, the, the feel and flavor of eyewitness accounts. And it's just like, whoa, like Mary Magdalene sees two angels, somebody else saw one angel. It's like, whoa, you know, what is it? And uh, instead of being a cause for doubt, it actually is the opposite. It's a cause for realizing that we have uh, really authentic um, witnesses, testimony, uh, evidence, a written record of something that actually did happen. You know, it's, it's amazing. And uh, the details that we have, on the one hand, fit into what we know of the times. You know, like little details of you know, the 
the burial customs of the day that we know from history and archaeology and and uh, what we know about what Judaism looked like in the first century at that time. You know, like a lot of details match up from what we know. And so uh, those details are another, you know, kind of thing that kind of says, hey, we've got something authentic here. Um, you can imagine if some of the details that we read about had no connection to what we knew of the times, you'd be like, oh, what happened there? But no, they do. It, it, it makes sense of what we know of the first century life there over there in the Holy Land. And, but yet, on the other hand, there's something that's completely outside of what we know. And I think that also explains why there's a little bit of a messiness. Because Jesus, when we say he resurrected from the dead, we don't mean that he simply came back to life. That technically is called resuscitation. That's what would have happened to the son of the widow of Nain or to Lazarus. You know, they were dead and then miraculously they were brought back to life and they were kind of like they were before, you know. Jesus, you know, his resurrection, on the one hand, it was the same body that was born of the Virgin Mary, walked to the earth, suffered and died and was buried. It's the same body, but on the other hand, it's a little different now. It's not as simple coming back to life. It's the glorified body. So it, it does belong to real history, and it belongs to the order of what happens in, on earth, but yet there's another side to it that's, that kind of transcends. So it's both historical and something supernatural, something different. And when you have something supernatural, something different, it's so hard to understand because we have nothing to compare it to. What do you compare the risen and glorified body to Jesus, of Jesus? What do you compare that to? We have nothing to compare it to, so therefore it gets messy. Like we're trying to like figure out, well, well it was him, but sometimes it didn't look like him. And he appeared and he disappeared and he came through locked doors, but yet he ate fish and he had the wounds, so it was the same body, yet, you know, and then he was able to like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's messy. So all of that messiness, all of that stuff, bears witness to the presence of mystery. We're dealing with mystery here. You know, Father Benedict used to love to talk about mystery, didn't he? Leave room for mystery. You know, it's, we know something, there's something there, but yet we don't fully understand it, and so therefore it must be something of God, right? Because if God, when you're dealing with God, it's not going to be completely and totally make sense. It's not going to fit into the nice little categories and boxes that we have. You know, um, it's there, but yet somehow at the same time it transcends. And uh, that's beautiful. So that being said, uh, when you do this study on the resurrection of Jesus and you get in there and you look at all the things, uh, you want to be careful that the resurrection of Jesus isn't just a um, curious historical event. Well, there was this, you know, event that had happened 2,000 years ago, and we're not sure what to make of it, and it's kind of strange, and yet we think it did happen, and uh, now what? You know, that the, while it is true that the resurrection of Jesus was a historical event that happened 2,000 years ago, we can actually go to the places where it happened, you know, like the tomb, we're pretty sure it was right there, the, what's now the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. On the other hand, it has a tremendous impact on our own lives. It's not just something from the past that it's curious, but no, no, it's, it, it has something to do 
the presence of the risen Jesus in history is uh, something that it's still uh, very much a part of what's happening now. God bless you. And what is that? It's the mystery of the church. You know, the, the church, the presence of the church in history and in our own time, the sacraments, the works of charity, the, uh, the witness of the, the body of Christ, which is the church, bears witness to the resurrection that Jesus, that God is real, that Jesus is alive, and he is somehow mysteriously present and active and at work in the world today in and through the church and in through us. And uh, that's where it gets really, really good, you know, that uh, somehow we are being caught up into the mystery of God, even now in our lives. And uh, some days it's hard to believe, you know, <laughs> right? The normal nitty gritty day-to-day, what appears to be purely human kind of events. And then other days, maybe there are moments when you have a greater sense of the presence of the Lord, the reality of the resurrection, and uh, the mysterious working of grace, you know? And uh, so the truth is that he is there, he is present, he is at work, even in those moments when maybe we're not so aware, you know? Like, for example, the sun is there, even if it's like a cloudy, overcast day, and you can't necessarily get an eyeball on the sun, you know it's there. Or even at nighttime, when uh, we have no uh, ability to see the sun at all, but we know that it's there. It's just uh, the other side of the planet is looking at the sun while we're you know, in darkness. That's what's nice about the, uh, the moon, right? The moon becomes a witness to the presence of the sun, even at night. And so the moon was always seen as symbolic of the church, you know, of Our Lady, but uh, of the church, that our call to be a witness to the reality of God, the power of the resurrection, and that God is real, that he's present, that he's at work even now. And uh, during this Easter season, we pray for the grace to know it, to believe it, and to live it. Amen. Amen. Amen.